0: Our scripture readings. First is Hebrew 11.1 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Second is from Matthew 25, 35-36 For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. This is the word of the Lord.
1: We're taking a bit of a lighthearted approach this season as we look for Advent themes in some of our favorite Christmas movies. Today we start with a 1947 film that won three Academy Awards and is listed among the most inspirational motion pictures of all time by the American Film Institute. A movie to help rekindle the hope of Christmas. Miracle on 34th Street. Our story begins at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. A woman named Doris Walker, played by Maureen O'Hara, is in charge of the parade and she discovers that the Santa Claus she hired is intoxicated. So she needs to find a replacement Santa immediately. There's a man nearby named Chris Kringle and she hires him to be Santa on the parade float. Now Edmund Gwynn won the Oscar for Best Actor in a Supporting Role for his portrayal of Kris Kringle. Doris struggles with Santa, though managing the jolly old elf is her job. Not only does she not believe in him, she doesn't care for the idea one bit. She teaches her daughter Susan adorably played by nine-year-old Natalie Wood, there is no Santa Claus. In this first scene, Doris is getting acquainted with Fred Gailey, played by John Payne, who said, by the way, that Miracle on 34th Street was his all-time favorite movie because it reflected his own spiritual beliefs. Fred is an attorney who lives in the same building, and he and Susan have been watching the parade. Let's listen in. Watching Doris and Fred makes me think of the left-right brain tension that science teaches us about. Science tells us that the left brain hemisphere is the region that specializes in logical thinking, while the right brain is focused more on the intuitive feeling side. Now, how many of you here this morning function mostly out of your left brain, tend to think first? And how many of you are in your right mind and tend to lead with your feelings? Okay. Well, when it comes to the Christmas story, someone who operates strictly from a rationalistic perspective is going to think the whole thing is absurd. A virgin conceiving under miraculous circumstances? Preposterous. God coming in human form as a baby? Seriously? A rationalist is going to say if there even is a God, how could that God come into the world as a baby? The only way to approach the Christmas story is with the heart if even the most rationalistic thinker is able to suspend belief for a moment, to recognize that there is more than we can see or feel in the world around us, that there really is a God who has come in Jesus and who has shown us by his life, death, and resurrection, there is always hope and that we are loved by the same force that created the universe, then we can begin to appreciate how Christmas makes all the difference in the world. All right, where were we? Right, Doris has hired Chris Kringle on the spur of the moment to go and be Santa Claus in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And he is a sensation. She extends Chris's contract to be Santa for the 34th Street Macy's store, the largest retail store in the world. In this next scene, after Doris has hired Chris Kringle to be Santa Claus at Macy's flagship store, the toy supervisor comes to Chris with some tips on how to be a good Santa Claus.
0: you tips on how to a good
1: Chris Kringle upset about the commercialization of Christmas in 1947. He's determined to be a different kind of a Santa. His motto is, the only important thing is to make the children happy. Now, when the toy manager hears that he's sending parents to other stores to buy the toys that their children want for Christmas, He goes through the roof. But Macy's discovers that when you put the needs of the customer even ahead of the profits of your own business, the customer appreciates it. Hmm. Putting the needs of others before our own. That's a theme in the gospel. Though I don't suppose Macy's or the screenwriters would give credit. Jesus teaches that if you want to be great, you must serve. The Apostle Paul says that we are to consider the needs of others before our own. And that's what Chris Kringle models when he's trying to emphasize the real meaning of Christmas. But you know, when you start to behave like that, people think, You're crazy, especially if you say you really are Santa Claus. Doris becomes concerned that Chris might be mentally unstable, so she sends him to Mr. Sawyer, Macy's psychologist, to have his head examined.
0: Line. Oh, you might smell it before oh, me. You'll find the answer right there at the bottom of the... I that is the, I just that's the same as it was before. Fifteen. You're rather nervous, aren't you
1: you enough sleep.
0: a part of You are sorry.
1: Who's examining whom? The psychologist recommends that Chris be institutionalized, and he winds up in a psychiatric ward. Who will represent him as his attorney? Fred Gailey. And, of course, that leads to conflict between Fred, the romantic, and Doris, the rationalist.
0: and they had to go to reserve a regular type weird. that? are we celebrating? We a Yes, I read Oh, am being You're not serious about this. Of course I am. But you can't possibly do to the dissent at Why not? She's so getting sick, hands, that wasn't possible. either when it happened. Honestly, Mr. Professor, i to <laughs> How about your boss, taste of the McKenzie and the rest of them? What do they say? I uh, was generalizing the prestige of do an old established law firm. And he I've got this impossible case of eating. Well, they will drop meat. So, uh, Control security, and me to be happy about yes, to look to us. find joy just doesn't work. When you, you those intangibles. You'll the only things that are required.
1: Ultimately, the intangibles Fred's talking about are things like faith hope, peace, joy, and love. And they are rooted in a deeper truth, the truth about a God who created the cosmos and calls us by name, who came to walk among us in the form of a baby born in the midst of poverty who shows us the way, the truth, and the life by his life, his teachings, his death and resurrection, who heals us, redeems us, and offers us hope. And all of that is wrapped up in the big intangible of Christmas. Fred has another great line in that scene. Faith is believing in things when common sense tells you not to. Can you identify with that one? I can. And it puts me in mind of today's first scripture reading, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And the Apostle Paul was tuned to that same frequency when he wrote in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in faith so that you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, back to our story. The climactic scene takes place in the New York State Supreme Court, where the judge must decide if Chris Kringle is mentally incompetent or if he is who he claims to be Santa Claus. Acting as Chris's attorney, Fred calls two witnesses. The first is R.H. Macy the owner of the store that employs Chris as Santa. The second witness is the prosecuting attorney's young son, who testifies that his daddy told him there really is a Santa Claus and that his daddy would not lie to him. But even the testimony of those two witnesses is not enough for the court. The judge demands authoritative proof, and neither snow nor rain nor gloom of night stays these couriers from delivering that proof. Today is
0: Christmas Eve. When actually all anxious to get to our homes, I asked that you to sign the bill of particulars about Brotherly. Mr. Gay, have you any credit at all? Yes, I have, Your Honor. I'd like to submit the following facts, Your concerns of the Post Office Department, an official agency of the United States Government. Your Honor, I'm sure we're all gratified to know that the Post Office Department is doing so nicely that it hardly has any bearing in this case. That's a great deal, I wonder if I may be allowed to proceed. By all it means, it's a deal. Your Honor, the figures I have just quoted indicate an efficiently rock organization. For all, the United States' most of laws and regulations make it a criminal
1: Let's think about this question. Who really is Chris Kringle? Is he Santa Claus? We believe that the idea of Santa Claus is derived from Saint Nicholas, who was the Bishop of Myra in Turkey in the fourth century. The tradition is that Nicholas was raised in an affluent home. His parents died when he was young, and he inherited their wealth. As a young man, God called him into the priesthood, and he used his inheritance to help people in need. One of my favorite St. Nicholas stories concerns a poor man with three daughters, Back then, a young woman's father had to offer prospective husbands a dowry. And the larger the dowry, the better the chance that a young woman would find a good husband. Well, this poor man's daughters, without dowries, were unlikely to marry. Mysteriously, on three distinct occasions— a bag of gold appeared in their home, provided the needed dowry funding. The bags of gold were tossed through an open window and are said to have landed in stockings or shoes left in front of the fire to dry. That led to the custom of children hanging stockings or putting out shoes, eagerly awaiting gifts, from St. Nicholas. Nicholas' devotion to helping those in need resonates with Jesus' teaching. He taught the first disciples that in the final analysis, that is a measuring stick of righteousness. I was hungry, and you gave me food. Thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. Whenever you help one of these... The least of these, my sisters and brothers, you are helping me. Well, Nicholas became a great saint in the church, and over the course of the next few centuries, hundreds of churches were dedicated in his honor throughout Europe. By the time of the Protestant Reformation, Martin Luther recognized that people had begun to shift focus. Whereas St. Nicholas was trying to point people to the birth of Jesus as the true meaning of Christmas, people had begun to look to St. Nicholas as the giver of Christmas gifts. Luther tried to turn the attention back to Jesus by talking about the source of Christmas giving as Christ Kindle, German for the Christ child. And the Americanized spelling and pronunciation is Chris Kringle. So, who is Chris Kringle today? I think the answer is you and me. We are the representatives of the Christ child. And as we approach Christmas, the celebration of his birth, we look for ways that we can represent Jesus for other people, where we can demonstrate the hope he brings, especially for those who need it most. The least of these, in the words of Matthew's gospel. To put it another way, we follow in the footsteps of St. Nicholas. So what are some concrete ways we can do that? Well, let me thank all of you who have signed up to volunteer time during the Salvation Army kettle bell ringing on Saturday, December 14th. There are still a few sign-up spots available. And let's make sure that all of these volunteers See friendly faces from First United Methodist Church as we thank them personally for demonstrating hope and exchange greetings for a very Merry Christmas. Another way to demonstrate hope this season is to attend one of the Blue Christmas Longest Night services on the winter solstice. The service is designed for those who are stressed, lonely or hurting and if none of those circumstances affect you I know you are counting your blessings but many of us know folks near and dear to us who are dealing with situations that make finding hope difficult and the holly jolliness of the season just seems to accentuate the darkness they're going through let me encourage you to consider participating in either the afternoon or the evening service on December 21st and perhaps invite a neighbor who is walking that path this year to come and be encouraged by your presence. Of course, St. Nicholas practiced extravagant generosity toward those in need And the Advent and Christmas season affords those opportunities as well. Day after tomorrow is Giving Tuesday. And United Methodists know that 100% of their tax-deductible charitable gifts through the World Service Fund and the General Board of Global Ministries Advance goes directly to the program you designate. My hope for this Advent season is to look beyond all that my rational mind tries to make sense of and focus on those intangibles, like faith, the conviction of things not seen, and the Christmas gifts of hope, peace, joy, and love. I want to follow the example of St. Nicholas, expressing gratitude for the ways that God has blessed me by being generous toward those Matthew described as the least of these and doing my utmost to represent the one whose birth we celebrate at the center of it all, the Christ child, Chris Kindle. Kringle, and I hope you do too. May we pray together? Lord, help us not to miss the real meaning of Christmas this year. Help us, like St. Nicholas, to have a heart of compassion for people in need. Use us as your hands and voice. To bless and encourage those who are discouraged. Lord, sometimes we get so stuck in our logical way of thinking that we lose sight of hope and peace and joy and love and all the intangibles. Help us to stay focused on the real Christmas story. Your love made known in a child born in poverty in Bethlehem. And help us, God, to be your instruments to bring love and joy and peace and hope to a hurting world. Help us be representatives of the Christ child this season. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hold fast to that which is good. Be urgent for all that is right. Christ at length shall overcome all darkness with his everlasting light. Go forth for God. Go forth in hope. Amen.
0: listening To this podcast of the First United Methodist Church in Turlock, California. This podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons, non commercial, share alike license. For more information about our church, visit www.fumcturlock or call the church at 209 668 3000. Visitors are always welcome. And now, may the peace of the Lord dwell in your hearts this day